Hello and welcome to Prepare to Answer. Um, it's good to have you all tuned in today. Um, hope you've had a great Christmas and a happy new year. It's a bit late off the mark here. Um, well into 2020 now. Um, hope you've had a great Christmas and um, lots of um, things to learn, maybe things to think about. Um, hopefully tend to relax as well, of course. Um, so hopefully, you've, again, just had a chance to take stock for the year just ahead and think about what your plans are, what you're preparing for. Uh, and as always this year, I'll certainly be out with a lot of stuff on how to be prepared to answer. Prepared to answer for our faith to non-Christians. Prepared to answer for helping other Christians even, which is definitely something I'm more aware of at the moment. Or even just prepared to answer our own doubts and not be scared of our own doubts, scared of our own questions and thoughts that we have on the big existential questions that everybody asks, that everybody really wants to know about. Uh, many people maybe suppress these questions in their lives, but these are the big important things uh, in life to think about. But again, hope you've had a good Christmas and New Year. Um, I just want to share today um, an article um, which I'm going to call Overcoming um, Results-Driven Christianity. Overcoming Results-Driven Christianity. So um, this is a particular weakness of mine um, where I have particularly focused on results. And I know that having spoke to people over the years, this is something that many people can struggle with. Um, and, the, you know, particular things for me have always been interested in training, particularly weight training, where you'd obviously see results from what you did. And you get very impatient if you don't see results. Um, and there can be various psychological reasons maybe behind why we look for results. And it's not always a bad thing, of course, either. But it's just identifying this as a Christian, it's obviously a little bit different. But overcoming results different Christianity. And where did this come from? Well, uh, this came from, in my own life, um, recent discouragements um, as a Christian even. Discouragements with seeing people struggling in their faith. Some people you could help and some people you couldn't. And there just seemed to be a lot of different issues that people had um, in their faith and different things came up. Life circumstances, difficulty, sickness, various other things. And alongside a lot of that, more than usual maybe, um, a lot of people there, was also just maybe people being apathetic towards the world. It just seemed like a lot of people I'd spoken to or dealt with in the past or even just people around me had just seemingly being quite apathetic about God, about, you know, life after death, about eternal life, about the meaning of life, objectivity, morality, you know, creation, just all these different subjects. It just sometimes seemed a bit apathetic. So anyway, along with these things, for me personally, I just felt a sense of discouragement, a sense of um, what's the point sharing your faith if people aren't really interested, or even if they are interested, they're not continuing to be interested or if they are interested and they become Christians they don't stay strong and they drift away or they you know they, they struggle with that more than anything else and you're dealing with lots of circumstances in there and I think it just can bring about a sense of oh do I really want to keep doing this you have your moments we all have them moments but I just had some of them moments recently where you question the value and I suppose you could argue it's it essentially based on you know what results am I getting from what I'm doing and you're not necessarily sitting out for looking results and filling out, you know, filling out a spreadsheet of your, you know, your encounters with people. But it can sort of hit home when you have a high level of people that maybe just, again, don't seem interested. Well, you know what I always say on here, and this is probably one of my strongest points I will always make, is God spoke to me. What is God saying to you? Well, in the midst of this storm and, and discouragement, God spoke to me and he let me see that 
I'm not the only person who's ever felt this way. And I certainly won't be in the future. And you know what? I'll probably experience this again myself. And it came from Jeremiah. I was reading Jeremiah. Uh, I was reading from Jeremiah 21, where he says, Jeremiah 21 and verse 8, it says, Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. This was what God wanted him to say, a warning to the people so that they wouldn't be carried off to Babylon, or if they were, that, that there was a reason for it. So every time he spoke, he was talking about God's punishment on the people, if you like. And it says, so the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. This was what Jeremiah was saying. Because he was speaking God's word that he was called to speak, it brought him insult and reproach all day long. So it wasn't even that people were apathetic, although they were apathetic towards God's word. They were also insulting him and he was suffering reproach because of it. So it wasn't just a neutral consequences or a no consequences. It was very negative consequences to speaking God's word. And in fact, as he said, it was all day long. It was making him very unpopular. People were disliking him because of the message he was speaking on behalf of God. And he then says, But if I say I will not mention him, verse 9, or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. So in response to suffering insult, reproach all day long, he says, but if I say I will not mention him, so it must have entered his mind absolutely many times. Oh, maybe best just not mentioning God here. I'm best not mentioning his message telling people about his word. That would probably be easier. I wouldn't suffer then like this. I wouldn't have this problem if I just decided to say, I'm not going to mention or speak any more in his name. That's it. I've decided. I need a peaceful, quiet life. I can't be bothered with this hassle and trouble coming out of every corner, people against me. And it's not my message, it's God's message. So maybe I should just say nothing. But then he says, I I can't do this. His word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. So he says, even if I wanted to hold it in, I couldn't hold it in. It's just not even an an option. I know that the consequences of being mistreated before the word are something I I can't choose to then not speak about that just because of, again, what I'm suffering. So it got me thinking. I thought this is exactly what I was probably saying in response to my own discouragement was, you know, should I say less? You know, should I, is there any point in going out of my way to speak about God? Is there any point sharing the good news? Um, and again, I knew it's the right thing to do, but I just had some emotional discouragement from what I was seeing. But I read this and I thought, this is exactly what I needed to read. I'm not alone here at all. And God didn't give us any promise that the words would always, you know, fall the way we want them to. But again, Jeremiah dealt with his discouragement. And this is what I felt. I thought, you know what? I know this is the truth. I believe this is right. I believe that people need to hear. So despite how it's received, I, I need to say something. You know, it's the First Corinthians 3, verses 6 to 7. It says, you know, God is the one who makes it grow. Now, I say this, I say, well, we should just try to separate ourselves from the consequences, try to do it regardless of the results. We need to just speak up about God regardless of how it's received. I'm sure we'll all agree that's a bit easier said than done. That is definitely easier said than done. It's all well and good when things are going well, or even when they're going okay. But what about when they're really not going okay? And there's a lot of stuff going on, and you think, my goodness me, 
but I'd be better saying nothing here. How do we deal with it then? How do we get away from being results orientated? Being um, speaking a lot when you see positive consequences versus not speaking a lot when you see negative ones. How can we be consistent and speak about God's word consistently to this in the same way and in a wise way, of course, regardless of the consequences? Well, you know what? Um, a little illustration today, because um, I, was, I was about to say there, sorry, is the Bible calls us to preach the good news. We know we should do this. We know it's the right thing to do. How can we be consistent in that? Well, um, an illustration from my day today. Um, I was in a chemist today after being at the doctor's. I have a sinus infection, which I never paid much heed to, but it's been going on for about six weeks plus. So I thought, maybe I need to get some treatment for this. So I went in to get some antibiotics from the chemist today. And the dispenser gave me the antibiotics. And I thought to myself when I got home today, the dispenser, the pharmacist, gives me the tablets in the hope that they're going to help me. And whether they do or not is got is no consequence to them. They give them out because it's the right thing to do and they're hopefully going to help me. Whether they help me or not will be dependent on so many variables. I've got to finish the course. I've got to take them consistently. I've got to not take them alongside alcohol, maybe. I've got to have a decent diet. I've got to have enough sleep. There's an awful lot of factors, less stress. There's a lot of factors in my life that need to be taken care of in order for these tablets to probably work. So he he doesn't have any control over that. But the right thing for the dispenser to do is to give me the tablets in order for them to help me. So I thought you could probably figure out what the illustration is going to be. I thought we're like the dispensers, like the pharmacists. We give out the good news, but we don't know how that's going to go. We don't know in that person's life how well that's going to be received. We can't control whether they're going to be consistent in a relationship with God. We can't control whether they're going to drop other things that are in their mind. We can't control how they're going to deal with sin, what other variables are going on in their lives. We don't know where they're at at that stage of their life either. And I thought, like, how appropriate would it be for the pharmacist to say, you know what, I don't know if these are going to work there's a few times this hasn't worked with other people. I don't really want to give out these tablets anymore. That, that wouldn't make any sense. So as Christians, it's like we need to do the right thing and be dispensers, if you like, of the good news, regardless of what the outcome's going to be, because it's so outside of our control. There's absolutely no way that we can know or control how that's going to be received then, in the future, or in the next life to come. We really have no idea. But not having any idea as a dispenser doesn't, shouldn't control how much we speak up and do the right thing. Because we've been given a job to do, just like the pharmacist, we need to give out the good news. We need to give out what's going to help people, whether they know or see it or not, obviously in a respectful way. Now, the other little thing, thankfully with the illustration, draws a little halt, is the dispenser's pharmacist give out medications that in the future may not work. They may become counterproductive. It may not be good news to give out them antibiotics anymore. It's becoming less good news, of course. So it may not be what people need. But you know what? As Christians, we dispense the good news, which is never going to change. It's always going to be good news. It's always going to be God reconciling the world to himself through Christ, not counting men's sins against them, 2 Corinthians 5. That's always going to be what we're saying to people. Um, So I say this today just to encourage us um, so that we're not so that we overcome being results-driven in our walk with God, so that we don't think like that. For me personally, I think this is going to be an ongoing thing. I'm going to have to keep working on. And and particularly for me, the, the lesson I learned in all this is opening God's word. God does have the answers that will help me to keep 
serving him in the ways that I know I should so that I don't have to be guilt ridden. Don't be guilt ridden if you feel like you're not serving him the way you should. Just bring it to him in prayer, whatever that is. I know I've brought this stuff in prayer to God a, a fair bit, probably not enough to be honest. But please drop me any thoughts you have on this today or any ways that you're swayed to be driven by results. Areas of your life that you've seen this in, uh, how you feel you've overcame this maybe, or how you feel it's even holding you back. Maybe has that illustration helped you to think about it that way or is there any other illustrations that that have helped you that could help me and could help others. Uh, Please drop any likes, comments or share this um, or look at the website www.preparedtheanswer.wordpress.com www.preparedtheanswer.wordpress.com Hope you're having a great year. I'll be back again with you very soon. Many thanks for listening.